This is Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are currently listening to Marking Out. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 476. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161, as well as Instagram. Wink. I'm also joined here by Dave, who you could follow on Twitter, even though he hasn't tweeted since, like, 2014. Dave the Rave underscore M-O, collectively Marking Out on Twitter. Chris will be joining us quite shortly at Chris Sweendog. Um marking out eleven on Instagram and YouTube, pro wrestling slash marking out, Facebook.com slash marking out, marking out.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, etc. Go watch the brand new video on our YouTube channel. Give it a like ski. Share it. Maybe uh live by it because you're an adult, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, it's a important PSA announcement. Yeah, if For you type if you type service announcement. If you type important PSA 2020, you'll find it's a top result on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, very important that everybody go watch that and share it because sharing is caring. Well, in some senses. Yeah, the only thing you don't want to share is this virus, but you should share this information cuz it's very valuable. Yeah. Valuable. But thanks for asking. I'm doing great. <laughs> Forgot to to ask how you were doing, Dave. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome, as always. Yeah, so how was your week? Honestly, didn't really do much. There's not, I mean, there's not much to do when when places are closed. Yeah. I was saying, I I was saying it feels a lot like Hurricane Sandy, but with less community. Um, less community? Well, because... During Hurricane Sandy, I was out and about with, like, neighbors here. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Stay, stay away. I don't know. I feel like where I am in in Merrick, everything is pretty much the same. Uh, nothing's really changed besides the restaurants and bars closed down. And I think that... So that's everything has I, changed. I, no, no. I'm, you couldn't drink on St. Patrick's Day? I, I can't. I, I disagree. I don't think that it's as, as comparable to Sandy whatsoever. I wouldn't uh, know. In... Well, because there's nothing else to what, compare it to. From 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 what where I am, it's totally different because there's a lot of cars on the road, a lot of people outside. Um, it's it's too many people outside. I think everybody should be taking this a little bit more seriously than they have been. See, I was on but, the I was on the northern state yesterday, and that is normally like bumper to bumper. I there was it was smooth sailing. I had uh, to go. I had to go get my uh, my IV done, but. That was like a complete – I felt like I could have made it to Manhattan in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. Merrick Road is is still jam-packed, but what can you do, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, my week is same as yours, you know, very low-key. Um, just everybody trying to be aware of what's taking place and being conscious of uh, how you're going about it. Of course, like that P- PSA announcement, you want to be washing your hands. I mean it's all – I feel like it's all common sense that people are taking, have never taken seriously, but it's just common sense. Wash your hands, cover your mouth with your 
don't cough it to your hand, you know, cover your mouth, cough it into your elbow. Um, but now it's <laughs> six elbow. feet. Yeah, six feet. Yeah, and it's it's just it's unfortunate like that all the events are happening and uh or or not happening I guess and uh just hopefully everybody's staying safe out there and actually listening yeah, to I, what they're telling us to do. I mean, what about like hashtag, that announcement? What is it? Hashtag flatten the curb. Yeah, and what about that announcement with WrestleMania? Uh that's talking about Yeah, we'll speak about that later stuff. on with Chris. Oh, all right. I guess we're going to speak about that later on with Christopher. All right, so let's talk about someone in that Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Byron King. I mean, Byron King. So close, so close. Yeah. Almost Byron, at least I didn't say Byron Corbin. <laughs> but, but Byron Saxton, Tom Phillips, and Jerry the King Lawler opened up Monday Night Raw, uh, which part of me kind of wanted Vince McMahon to do it. Um, like, I don't know. I think that this is... is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We're in somber times or something like, I don't know. Just like a uh, protect I, us, I Vince. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. apparently they're banning all mention of, of that pandemic and coronavirus, etc. They don't want anything to do with it. They don't want to mention it at all. Yeah. So, but outside of that, uh, Edge was the first official, I guess, thing that we saw out of Monday Night Raw, uh, who came out. Had his uh, his uh, smoke and everything. Obviously, no pyro in the performance center, but I I applaud them for at least having the smoke. Yeah. But he spoke about Randy Orton, and I I like this. I think more than if it was cut in front of a sold out crowd. Yeah, I like that he was really catering to. I um, all the promos were catering to camera instead of the crowd. And I thought that it was as a viewer, it felt more intimate. Yeah, and it was, I was very. That it felt like it felt like it delivered more. Yeah, and it was it, I, it was just like it was like more emotional out of everything because we could see him, we could we could I mean not feel him, but kind of feel him if you, if that makes sense. Because it was such a small, intimate setup. Yeah, not 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 so much, not so much. I don't know about the feeling him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not physically feeling him. Yeah, because six feet. Is it time to play that game? <laughs> what, Triple H? No, what's in Dave's mouth? Oh, um... Bagel. Is it a bagel? It's got to be a bagel. I just took a bite of a veggie burger. Mmm. Yeah, veggie burger, tomatoes, Swiss cheese, and uh, rye bread. Yeah. So, Edge brings up how Mick Foley taught both Edge and himself lessons. But he actually took the lesson, and Randy Orton did not, which I thought was really cool, which almost had me thinking maybe Mick Foley was going to be brought in to be like a guest referee at their match or something. I mean, it would be interesting if he gets brought up, if he makes an appearance now before WrestleMania. And oh, gets I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, well, yeah, I don't see that happening. If anything, maybe as a guest referee, though, but. Yeah, I mean, right now, who knows, right? Yeah, but he ends up saying that Beth Phoenix was actually there to retire on behalf of Edge. And Orton didn't let her finish, so then he challenged Randy Orton to a last-man-standing match. Um, so I'm I'm assuming Randy Orton will accept 
to that. And I, and who who better than Mick Foley to have as a guest referee in that sort of situation? I don't know. I don't think that the guest referee is really necessary. Oh, I, I don't think it's necessary either, but like to give it the WrestleMania feel, I mean, I think that could definitely be a thing that gets worked in. I, I understand a hundred percent that they need to limit the the crowd and everything. Not the crowd, the the, the yeah, performers themselves. East, yeah. But I, I still think that could be a, a, a possibility. Yeah. I mean um, all you have to do is have one production person not there. You yeah. know? <laughs> Well, Pyro's out, so yeah, I'm, I'm well, guessing actually not really because they're still using the smoke. So that, I would I'm assume that's some under... wrestler, yeah, some wrestlers that usually don't help set up the ring may actually have to set, help set up the ring this time around. You know? Oh man, so, you know, no point for so much ring crew um, if the wrestlers could do it. Well, I think the referees do it hmm. more, more than not. Yeah. But after this, they ended up airing the full 2020 Men's Royal Rumble. Total Which, shocker. They introduced um, no, it so nonchalantly that, or nonchalant, is that, nonchalantly isn't a word, I don't think. <laughs> but it was introduced so nonchalant that I actually thought they were just going to, like, show a small clip of three McIntyre winning the Rumble. But they were like, yeah. like, it was like, oh, and that happened in the 2020 Royal Rumble. And then take a look. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Here are the They're rules. <laughs> Which I completely understand that it's, it, it, it killed an hour. An mm-hmm. hour, maybe an hour and a half due to commercials, actually. But that's, I, we said this, or I said this during SmackDown. I really was hoping that they were not going to try to fill time by airing full matches. But I 100% understand why they did it. I just wish that, like, I feel like promo, uh, we could have had, like, a longer promo or something or a match I, longer, I, but. I think that they should have definitely put a match in here. I mean, I know the no crowd is a little bit awkward, but I would have rather had a match than an entire Royal Rumble. And then again, maybe it goes down to like them not wanting to have that many performers there. Or I, I just I don't know. But after well, this, I mean, you could have had you could have you know Street Profits were there, so you could have had right. a tag match at least. Yeah, but I, that they were as far as we know, the people there that night were. Byron Saxon, Jerry Lawler, Tom Phillips, Edge, Becky Lynch, Undertaker, AJ, Gallows Anderson, Mysterio Andrade. Well, right Charlie. there, you could have had could have had Street Profits versus Gallows and Anderson during that spot. Yeah, but then it wouldn't have made sense for what took place next. Which, by yeah. the way, was yeah. the Undertaker and AJ Styles contract signing for WrestleMania. Undertaker's entrance started off like really eerie, um, like the the lights and the the darkness and the smoke and everything. And then, all of a sudden, he comes out rocking the braided ponytail, no coat or anything, uh, singlet top down, just hauling it to the ring. Yeah, and it was it was weird. It was just like one of those things where there was no selling. Coming out like great. American badass. Yeah, he like gets into the ring, flips the con- the table because I guess there was no contract on there or something yeah. they were trying to say. Uh, and- but I, honestly, though, it, to me, it makes sense as to why he he like ran out there basically, or is, I mean, briskly walked because it, it's AJ Styles is not attacking the Undertaker, he's attacking Mark Calloway and Michelle McCool, who is married to the Undertaker. 
I guess. I mean, at first I was just like, is this something that's like is because they cut camera really quickly. Unless so it's unless like, at WrestleMania we're seeing American Badass and we just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely wrong, but that's what I think is like he just wants to get down there to like I'm ready to kick his ass at WrestleMania. I'm I'm well, here AJ, to sign that con- the contract. Well, AJ AJ Styles mentioned that he hung up the the hat and everything like that at that WrestleMania, but he's still coming back. So maybe he we are going to see Mark Calloway kind of a, a yeah. style. The Undertaker. I don't think so. Imagine me and Mark yeah. comes out in the the trunks. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the orange mullet. But uh, AJ Styles' music hits. Multiple mm-hmm. times. He didn't come out, but they showed the OC backstage. AJ had the contract. And he's like, nobody wants Undertaker in 2020. And like I said, he blamed Michelle McCool. Mm-hmm. Michelle McCool. She wants money. She wants this. She wants that. And you give it to her. But he signed the contract, and I popped at this part. He goes and tells he tells Carl and uh, Gallows to take the contract to him, and both of them said no. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was, was really surprised funny. by that. Yeah, while they were scared. Of course, of course. But AJ Styles eventually makes them both go out there. They uh, they go they go to the ring, toss the contract into the ring. Gong hits, the lights go out, and when they come back on, he's right behind them, and he ends up attacking both of them, and then signs the contract and shoves it into Carl Anderson's mouth, like a high school bully would do. <laughs> Undertaker is such a bully. Yeah, right. How rude! I don't know. How dare you, you Undertaker? Know? I'm just kidding. At, at, least, at least after this, we actually had a matchup, though. Yes, we had Rey Mysterio pick up the victory over U.S. Champion Andrade. Um, non-title match. Yeah, oddly enough, Oscar was on commentary, which I thought was brilliant for the show that they had to put on. Yeah, it, it was such an odd person to put on commentary too, because there's no association to. Anybody in the match to Asuka. I think it was good, like, especially in, like, a style where Mysterio and Andrade are, like, fast-paced and they got to call moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have Asuka out there yelling, maybe it was to mask that. To mask I think it, hearing them yeah, call I think moves, that, perhaps? Yeah, it, I think that it was good because it did distract from it being uh, nobody on in the crowd, period. So it did do a good job. I like uh, Jerry Lawler uh, doing translations for her. <laughs> yeah, but, which I mean, he, everybody's everybody's now calling for Triple H and Oscar to to call <laughs> every event from okay. now on. <laughs> I would watch that. Uh, and I I, I thought it was uh, kind of obvious that Ray would win. Like, I mean, you want to like a feel good moment here? I don't know. It wasn't too obvious for me. I mean, Andrade's um, champion. Yeah, I don't know. I just fought, felt under the circumstances you want like a a pick me up. I don't. I don't know. I didn't really see it in that sort of a fashion. I didn't see it as a, a potential pick me up sort of a raw. So I mean, I, I could have definitely seen Andrade picking up the victory, but and, overall, it, it was a it was a good match. Yeah, I think the matches between Ray and Andrade are always fun. So it was it was a, a nice match to to watch during a. An episode that this was literally the only actual wrestling match that was on TV. Yeah, or, or which period is on Raw. Period on uh, WWE TV so far. Yeah, this week. well, yeah, th- yeah, and also I, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but um, them wrestling in an empty arena like this it reminded me when uh, we went to NYWC to interview I forget who. 
but Mike Mondo was in the ring warming up by himself, mm-hmm. and uh, to me, it looked like he was putting on an actual like solid match, and he was just by himself, but just doing warm ups. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was so cool, and that's like there was there obviously there's no crowd for that. He's just training or or warming up to train people. Yeah, and that's what but, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, next up, um, early in the night, you had Becky Lynch arriving to the arena via truck, her Becky Lynch last kicker truck. Yeah, which um, Chris Chris had brought up that it was maybe uh, maybe it would have been for her WrestleMania entrance. Huh. I would have had a very hard time believing that that truck was used for just a random Monday Night Raw. I can't really see it as her... Um, for just WrestleMania, who knows? Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, I, again, like I don't know. But I, 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 WrestleMania is such a big show that I don't think compare that to a, a regular episode of Monday Night Raw. She just randomly shows up in a truck that's decked out in Becky. I, I, I don't would, know. There's so many questions. You know? I would think Chris was onto something there, but uh, Becky it's Lynch possible. cuts a promo about Shayna Baszler, um, and basically saying that she's going to prove. Uh, that her life's a lie. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah. We'll see how they, and that pans out. And then uh, they showed Baszler backstage looking furious, so I'm wondering if we'll get, like, a quick match out of them, or... Uh, I don't think we'll have a quick match. Yeah, well, up next, after that, Charlie Caruso was interviewing Kevin Owens about Seth Rollins' challenge, and Kevin Owens accepted and said it's going to take place at the Performance Center at WrestleMania, and I liked Kevin Owens, I guess, um, making it personal towards himself, saying he spent so much time at the Performance Center and Seth didn't. So it's home field advantage to him. Mm-hmm. So I liked Kevin Owens making sense of why it'll be at the Performance Center and how it's like emotionally, how he's emotionally invested in it. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. So we're going to see Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I mean, which we expected, though. Yeah, this absolutely. Match. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had, of course, this took place on 316, which is National Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. So, Stokel Steve Austin made his way to the ring. Uh, it was kind of like... Weird to not like hear Stone... the Stone Cold pop. Yeah, it, it was weird with the no pop. And then he also cut a promo, but it seemed so like nonchalant, you know? I thought it was hilarious right off the bat where he's like, Give me a hell yeah! And then they cut to the empty crowd. Yeah, that was funny. And he goes, I said, give me a hell yeah. And then Saxton gets up and goes, hell yeah. <laughs> and then Steve obviously, what? I said, hell. I thought that was such a good segment. Byron Saxton, Saxton is such an underappreciated talent in WWE. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know if maybe I was missing something with I, that. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I, I was just like, I don't know if like back if like maybe i'm not watching backstage or something else that byron saxon has appeared on where it's like everybody byron loves him saxon but... has not been on wwe backstage or the bump or yeah, byron anything. saxon has not been on wwe the bump i don't know get it right 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, they're obviously just making, like, the best of the situation. They had Stone Cold reading off what's, what 316 Day means, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of, like, uh, goofy, but... Yeah, it again, seemed like that was, like... A... And also, Byron was rating each <laughs> each thing, so... It's definitely, like, they're working with what they had. I saw a lot of people, like, oh, this WWE sucks. How dare they do this with Stone Cold? Worst Stone Cold promo ever. And it's like, I don't know what you possibly want Steve Austin to go out there and do. Like, he, he, he there's nothing to work with. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, even this segment, that, I mean, this part about the reading down what it means, it kind of felt a little bit bad to me. I don't know, man. I it was it was goofy, but yeah, uh, I wasn't he, really that big. I, I thought that maybe they could have just had him shoot from the hip about it, but I wasn't that much of a fan of it. I guess they didn't want again, maybe like the whole banning of what not to say and what you you're actually supposed to say and whatnot. So yeah, but even sure. still, I would have rather him um, maybe just do anything else but read from the cue cards, like David yeah. Letterman style. <laughs> but yeah. he uh, he ends up inviting Byron Saxon to the ring to celebrate. They toast and uh, hits him with a stunner. You knew it was coming, but I still thought it was great. I mean, I he kicked him square where the sun don't shine, yeah. right in the grapefruits. Definitely kicked him in the... Yeah, very, very funny. Becky Lynch comes out with a cooler, gets in the ring, uh, stepped on Byron Saxon, Saxton, which I thought was funny. Uh, yeah. And then her and Stone Cold toasted, drank beer. Steve pulled Byron back up, dumped beer on him, hits him with another stunner. Then uh, Monday Night Raw officially goes off air, and the Street Profits come down to celebrate. Uh, Montez Ford gave Stone Cold Steve Austin a red cup, in which he poured beer into the two cups, toasted, drank it, and hit Montez Ford with what I think is one of the best Stone Cold stunner cells ever. Um, he like I, he freezes up, falls back completely. No sells the fact that he just hit his his head on a cooler, and we know how hard those coolers are. Yeah, to no sell that, come on. And then Dawkins takes a stunner. Uh, Steve Austin helps Byron back up, who drank another beer, and uh, got hit with the stunner from Becky Lynch. And this whole segment ends with Montez Ford getting another stunner. Yeah. So. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I thank WWE for at least putting out some sort of content. Mm-hmm. Because without WWE, it's just us talking about flowers, and I don't like flowers. Yeah. Because it's spring. Yeah. No, Brandon usually hates it. Yeah, you get get a bag of oranges. Yeah. Smelling He's not great. a fan. Uh, no. But up up uh, uh, next week, advertised, we have Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Brock Lesnar all in the Performance Center. So it should be interesting to see what they do with that. I think SmackDown last week was much better than what Raw was this week. Just, I guess, due to how many matches they had. and What do you mean? Well, SmackDown had a lot. They had, what, three matches? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think that SmackDown was more entertaining for me. But, like, yeah, I, yeah, just flat out yes. But do you think the Street Profit stuff should have maybe aired on Raw? Uh, yeah, you could have easily cut out a certain Royal Rumble to feature the Street Profit stuff. 
Like, there was really no reason to... You could have had split cuts, you know? It, it didn't have to be straight through, uh, straight through the Royal Rumble. You could have had, like, bits and pieces, like, where you fast-forward when you come back from a commercial break or... Um, like, you know, when they show highlights and stuff, especially on YouTube, they'll show highlights of past matches, and they'll cut the stand, the standing points, like, the standstill points. Yeah. I think maybe that they could have done stuff like that, and you could have fit the Street Profits in there. Um, but yeah, but yeah they, I feel like worked, I feel like it was they, a, overall it was a dud. I wouldn't say a complete dud just because of uh, it's the certain circumstances that they worked with yeah, what they had. Of course, they worked with what they could, what they had. But I feel like it could have they could have done better. They could have done better. That's all I'm saying. They could have done better. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Uh, see what what happens in the next few weeks, right? Yeah. But uh, that was Monday Night Raw. Let's move on over to some outside the ring news. Chris is now joining us. Chris, hello. How are you? What's up? They announced Jushin Thunder Liger will be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. However, uh, they also announced that WrestleMania was moving from Tampa to the WWE Performance Center. Uh, They announced that it's going to be starting at 7, Essential Crew only and a, a closed set. So there's rumors now that the Hall of Fame will be moved to SummerSlam weekend when it's up in Boston. Yeah, so we're going to take a market up field trip and stay at Jay Silva's house and go to the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And Brandon's going to wear his Jushin Thunder Liger mask. Ooh, let's do it. Um, um, I, I, I think I think that that's a great thing, especially you had Georgia Smith uh, posting that. That's a little bit fit. That's very fitting for Davey Boy Smith and everything like that. So everything happens for a reason in that regards. Yeah, uh, as far as NXT TakeOver Tampa is concerned, it's rumored that TakeOver will actually just be a special episode of NXT that'll air on a Wednesday, as opposed Mm. to just a normal episode of NXT. But we have yet to have confirmation or know anything about that. Um, It was also rumored that WrestleMania 36 was going to be taking place in June at Madison Square Garden. It was reported by this guy, Fight Oracle, who has confirmed a bunch of other news stories in the past. Um, but it was it's also rumored that MSG is booked uh, on June 27th. And then WWE announced that WrestleMania is going to be taking place over the course of two days, April 4th and April 5th, at the Performance Center, hosted by Rob Gronkowski, formerly of the... Uh, New England Patriots. I was going to say Philadelphia. I was like, that's not correct. Could I, could I just make a side tangent here? Yes, go on. About how I'm now boycotting the NFL. Oh, because Tom Brady. No, it's not even that. It's like, so, and I'm I'm assuming that you guys spoke about this earlier in the show that we're in like a global pandemic right now. People are losing their jobs. You know this, that, and the other thing. And the NFL's going out there and gloating that Tom Brady's going to make $30 million. And this guy signed to a new team. And that guy signed to a new team. We don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. The MLB is 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 donating a million dollars from every single team to affect, you know, to help out all the people that worked at all the baseball stadiums. Yeah, the NBA, cool. all the individual players are, are donating their own money to help all these players and stuff like that. And the NFL's just gloating that these guys that, you know— and I think it's rigged too. By the way, the NFL is completely rigged. Because the Super Bowl next year is going to be in Tampa, so why oh, really? would they want their golden boy? Yeah, they oh. want their golden boy, Tom Brady, to be in the Super Bowl. 
at his home stadium so then he could do the whole crying on his knees. Oh, my God, I just won another Super Bowl. How great am I? You're a joke, Tom Brady. Boycott the NFL. Hashtag. Put yeah, the hashtag I've, in the ends. And he honestly, and the whole thing, like he turned down $25 million for two years, $25 million each year. To, to take more money yeah, or whatever. Roger Goodell's like, Roger Goodell's probably like, Tom, you want to do this for us. We're going to have all the ratings. No, I'm boycotting them. I'm, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's Don't unfortunate. Care. Tom Brady, I still said this for for a few years now. He should have been banned from the NFL from the start when, uh, not from the start, when as soon as the the whole, like, what was it, Flategate, Inflategate, Deflategate or whatever. Yeah, but. And but he was proven, Goodell. It was if, if it wasn't proven to be true, then why was he suspended those games? Hello. Because yeah. oh. he's their money man. Makes you yeah. wonder. Makes yeah. you wonder. But I totally agree that at, at this certain time you should not be uh, promote putting all that stuff out there. I mean, have some compassion, you know. Yeah, they don't. So anyway, let's get back onto WrestleMania. Two nights now. I yes. love it, and I have to give the WWE huge credit for taking an extreme negative and making. But there's nothing right now. There's no sports. There's nothing. And the fact that WrestleMania and the WWE and also we'll talk about AEW in a couple minutes is giving us consistent content to watch, new consistent content. I'm I'm all about it. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. it stinks. I want to see the New Day dressed up like pirates come off a big pirate ship. But, hey, listen, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to cry over it. I'm, 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 we're still going to get these great matches. And apparently it's going to be in multiple locations now also. Yeah, it's rumored that it'll be multiple venues, I guess, to cut down to 50 crew members at a time. Or 50 I, I, people in a, in a place. You you really have to respect uh, WWE and Vince McMahon for and the creative style that even though at this time where it's difficult, we, like Chris was saying, no sports, no nothing, WWE is still out there trying to find some sort of a way to entertain us. And maybe it's not going to be to the full capacity that we're used to. But no matter what, they are still going to try to find some sort of a way to entertain us and take our minds away from Everything that's taking place right now is just totally escape you, uh, give you some sort of an escape from everything. And so much respect for them for that. Yeah, and speaking of things that we're definitely not used to, this week's episode of NXT was hosted by Triple H and Tom Phillips up in Connecticut. Where, By the way, can I say Triple H, amazing job on SmackDown and really uh, doing what he needs to do. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever position that he has. Yeah, uh, but they, they hosted it from Connecticut and they just did a bunch of like video package interviews, um, kind of as if it was just one long documentary of NXT to the main roster to WrestleMania. Yeah, and I, I thought it was I, really cool because they opened up with the history of Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which, by the way, Chuck Taylor made an appearance. So I'm going to count him as the Rick Root of AEW. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's tweeted him about that, but I, yeah, I'm, I, I, he he did, and so did uh, Johnny Gargano. Tweeted him about it, not not specifically the Rick Rude. He just tweeted him about being on NXT. Um, but I liked it. It started out with with them, the 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 cruiserweight classic. Well, first it even their, their tryout. It goes to the the cruiserweight classic. All the the them DIY as a, a tag team, and the whole saga of Johnny versus of Johnny versus Champa. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was like an hour long, maybe video package with interviews, and I just thought uh, it was incredible. Now I'm going to disagree with you. Like, so what I, I understand right now with the circumstances and stuff, but I wanted wrestling. I didn't want a documentary. If I wanted a documentary, I would go on the network 
and pull up documentary and I would watch a documentary. I wanted wrestling. I wanted pure wrestling. I wanted at least a matchup. And that is why on Wednesday, it was the first time that I ever watched AEW over NXT. And that is exactly why. Because I wanted wrestling, not a documentary. I don't think we would have gotten this at all had we not been under these circumstances. And I'm happy that they've done, that they did this because I thought it was honestly, if WWE like inserted themselves or what, I don't even like submitted themselves for, for Emmys, this alone should have got them an Emmy. Well, let's also look look at ratings. Obviously it was a dud when you compare. Well, yeah, because obviously people want wrestling. But, exactly. But this match, was, this, but, but, but but let me let me just say something. So it was this is NXT's worst numbers ever. If you hear screaming in the background, it's my kids. Listen, this is what's going to happen when we record at five o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> in the evening. Um, worst numbers ever. They came in eighty first place, six hundred ninety seven viewers. Um, wait wait wait, six hundred and ninety seven like thousand viewers. Okay, yeah, uh, that's again. I know it, it was an um. This episode, uh, this week's episode of NXT drew an average of 542,000 viewers. Uh, this is down from last week's show, which was 697,000 viewers. So I apologize. Um, my, I didn't read it rightly. I didn't read it right, but hey, you know, all, all good. After all DIY, good. they moved on to Finn Balor about his career in NXT. They moved from uh, talking about. Prince Devitt, they mentioned Prince Devitt being signed to NXT and how he got signed uh, to NXT, moved from NXT up to the main roster. They they covered him winning the Universal Championship and how he had to essentially give it up the next night. And then they, they moved on to Walter. So I think that was, it was a really cool package. We really don't hear them mention Prince Devitt. So it just I... felt like special. I don't know. I'm, I'm in total. I yeah. As far as Rhea Ripley though, who was the last uh, person from NXT that they covered, they went through her my uh, the the May Young Classic start and how she wasn't really being herself. So come May Young Classic two, she had a completely different look and and was way more herself. But a lot of the stuff that they did in this was similar to the video packages video packages that we've seen. In recent weeks, like the stuff that they filmed at Raymond James Stadium and stuff. So it was kind of as if, as if they were repeating it. It just included more for NXT UK Women's Championship reign and and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. But it's cool because she, she ends it by saying that we're not in Charlotte's world anymore. She's used to stadiums, big arenas and stuff. Now we're in my home. We're in the Performance Center. So a lot of these wrestlers, like we said earlier when we were speaking about Monday Night Raw with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens takes it back like this is my home. I'm happy to be here in my home. I have the home field advantage. So By the way, did you guys cool. talk about that FCW uh, Um Two weeks ago, no. I think. Fantastic. I, I, I don't think I did. He's later on. Spectacular. Yeah. I'm like, anyway, Fabio, let's, let's – uh, Anything else NXT wise we have to talk about? That is that so. that is the whole episode of NXT. We have no idea what we'll have next week, but AEW kicks off. I think it this is their best show ever. I don't really thoroughly agree disagree with that. because you're an NXT mark. No, I don't. No, you said it's their best show ever. I don't agree with that, but this was certainly a very 
interesting episode. Why? Because I mean, it's now, in an empty stadium? Yeah. Um, or, what's your, Cody, so what's your... Yeah, I, I know you were about to go into it, too, right? About the audience? Well, yeah. Cody opens right? the show very dark. It's dark in there. He's giving. I thought it was going to be a pep talk about the coronavirus and everything going on. But it, it kind of seemed like it when he first started off, but then he made his way talking yeah. about the elite, and he needs everybody to band together. And it shifts um, into blood and guts talk, which Matt, Kenny come out. They uh, they claim they were on the same page. Matt calls out Adam, and uh, he comes out, and they're like, are you with us? Who, by the way, Matt Jackson is always smiling. And by the way, Matt Jackson has a mustache now. I, did, that, like, like, I, like, did, I did not that notice that. Got, like, a full beard now. He I doesn't have those that. weird sideburns that I had when I was 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> when I had in high school? Well, mine were actually mutton chops. They were gigantic. But, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty too. Adam Page came out they, and answers and he cheers them with his drink. So he's officially, like, with them. And then Kenny Omega's like, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. And does, like, the whole pyro and everything. And part of me thinks Cody should have done, like, the, the talk with the lights out and kind of make it like a pep talk about coronavirus and then go into blood and guts a little later on. Yeah. But after that, they moved on to MJF getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And MJF was like, I'm not going to wrestle tonight. I'll let let the undercard shine, which I thought was great. That's hilarious. Sean Spears was there too. And they were like, they were, I didn't get the whole betting thing. Because they're they're high, uh, they make a lot of money, so they want to bet on these undercard guys to see who's going to win. Uh, Brandy Rhodes was the ring announcer, which I thought was funny. Her nameplate said uh, said she would never ring announce again because she yeah. was Eden Styles in WWE, and I guess I, I guess she hated it, even though I think she's pretty good at ring announcing. So and why I was, wasn't Justin Roberts there? Um, I guess maybe travel. He just didn't he didn't uh, travel. Okay, down there. I don't know. But I I'm, I was happy to see her as a ring announcer. And then what we had said earlier, the boys were sitting in the crowd to cheer and boo, which I thought was kind of goofy. And for me, took away from the, the show. You have so, to, especially in times like this, you kind of have to suspend disbelief. And that's what professional wrestling is. I was about it. It was fun. I, I agree with Chris. I was about it. I actually liked the fact that you had some sort of a some sort of a background noise and crowds to the wrestling match. I thought that it added into it, but of course, I think that they also could have picked and chose who was in the crowd a little bit better. I don't think that Lance Hoyt and Jake the Snake had to be sitting in the crowd, especially because Lance Hoyt made his debut last week. So I didn't really think it was good to have him out there because that's like he just made an impact last week. So why is he just sitting casually? next to all these people now. I That I didn't like, but I think that the idea was good. Also, people were saying, should we really have Jake Roberts and Tully Blanchard out there when they're telling people who are uh, of older 60s. age that they're, they're more susceptible to the disease? Hey, if they want to show if they want to show up, they, by all means, show up. I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know what you're getting yourself into. First match of the evening saw the Lucha Bros defeat the best friends. I liked when Chuck and Trent did their hug spot, but they uh, they did an elbow tap. That was great. I, I thought that, that was, was spectacular. Uh, I thought this match was fun. I loved Orange Cassidy on commentary. Yeah, they were like, and I'm pretty sure Orange Cassidy fell asleep. 
Um, but he ends up getting involved. He takes out the Lucha Bros while uh, Chuck was distracting the referee. And uh, honestly, I think Lucha Lucha Bros needed this win. I agree 100. I'm happy they won. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel you. like uh, you got to hype up the Death Triangle now. Yeah. And especially these guys, you know, because I think I said it on the Wednesday Night Wars, which, by the way, because there's such little to talk about in professional wrestling this week, folks. Where that's why we're throwing AEW and NXT in here. It's silly for us to do a 15-minute episode of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, but I think I said it last week on the Wednesday Night Wars, is now the Lucha Brothers have some sort of direction in AEW, and now you can kind of run with them and pot pack and whatever you want to call that. Uh, post-match interview, though, with the best friends, Chuck Taylor saying uh, they kicked his friend in the male appendage, which I popped that, huge for. That's that's what Chuck tweeted to uh, Johnny. Yeah, he goes, I, I don't know about this, but I said this on national TV. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, just... they challenged the death triangle to a street fight next week or whenever. Because we don't but, yeah. know if Kenny yeah, earlier, they, Kenny Omega early see. on made it sound like there's not going to be a next week. That's it. They so. NXT will win next week, boys. We did it. Yeah, but also in this match, I thought it was kind of goofy where the, the referee was speaking to SCU after, and they were like, oh, Pentagon hit him. He low-blowed him. And then he, like, tried to question the Lucha Bros, but, like, they just walked off. They didn't, like, care. Mm-hmm. I thought that was goofy. Yeah. But uh, maybe there'll be a street fight next week, maybe or a parking lot. Who knows? We don't know. Next matchup, we saw Hikaru Shida defeat Rio, Penelope Ford, and Chris Statlander. Uh, the small but very talented women's division that AEW has was on shine here. Huge. Uh, they, had a yeah. few, they had a few weird spots during this match, but overall, yeah, it, was, it was entertaining. I liked the involvement of Kip Sabian and how he just kept getting beat up through the entire match. Yeah, he got yeah. taken out by Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander really early on. Yeah. Which, and I also have to assume that Hikaru Shida is going to be the next women's champion. Probably. But I was wrong on who should have been the next AEW champion. But, um, yeah, there, there was a few hiccups during this match. But overall, I enjoyed it. I'm happy Hikaru Shida won. I believe she's number one in the rankings. So I keep cool. forgetting that about the rankings. After this, they interviewed Boom Boom Colt Cabana or Colt Boom Boom Cabana, who compared himself to Bruce Springsteen. I don't uh, don't get that one, but he mentioned how Penelope Ford... Because he has Ford... a great record. Bruce Springsteen has several great records. Oh, what is his record? 1-0. Brother. 2-0, actually. Get out of here. 1-0 in singles and 2-0 in, in, in overall. Uh, yeah, but he mentions that Penelope Ford might have uh, done better had Chris Sabian not... Is it Chris Sabian? Kip. Sabian. Kip Sabian. I knew Chris does. That's Chris Sabian. <laughs> Chris Sabian, yeah. If Kip Sabian didn't get involved <laughs> and uh, Sabian got into Colt's face and Colt just pushed him away, I was expecting some sort of brawl. So maybe next week it'll be uh, Kip Sabian versus Colt Cabana, or maybe that was a dark match that they uh, did. Which they did film. It. I believe they did film AEW Dark. I think outside talent came in for it as well, which I think is – I don't know why you're putting more people at risk. Yep. But next up, you had Jurassic Express. Oh, no, pick. before that, we had oh, John, John Moxley, Moxley and Tony Schiavone cut a promo outside. And Tony said that John Moxley was banned from coming in due to not being medically cleared. And in times like this, being not medically cleared sounds like you have coronavirus. Am I wrong here? No. 
Nah. I, that's what, I don't know. That's what it seems. You can't come into the building because you're not medically cleared. You can't come into the building? I don't know. And that didn't really even cross my mind until you just that, said it. As soon as that happened, I was like, this sounds like they're trying to sound like he's got coronavirus. And if that's uh, the is. case, Tony Schiavone should not have been over there. I don't know. I, I definitely didn't see it. I don't that. think John Moxley has coronavirus. We would have probably heard about that, but no. I... But yeah, like Chris was saying, the next match that took place was the Jungle Express defeating the Butcher and Jurassic Express. The Jurassic Express. Jungle Jeez. Express. <laughs> I, dude, these. I, I think that's the second time I've gotten there. <laughs> I think one time I called them Jurassic Park Express too. <laughs> But they defeated the Butcher and Blade, and the Blade, yep. which I thought was I thought funny when was the, the boys match. the boys started singing Tarzan Boy. I popped for that. Yeah, but Tarzan Boys. Overall, I think Luchasaurus is fantastic. I think Luchasaurus is great. It's a wacky gimmick, but he is so good. Yeah, I yeah, thought the, brother. I thought the ending of this was awkward, but outside of that, I I enjoyed this match. Yeah. So. Awesome. Next up, I think maybe the second highlight, biggest highlight of uh, AEW for me was the Dark Order. It's the one thing I've been waiting for. <laughs> a long time, we finally found out who was the exalted one, and he spared no expense beating SCU up, and that's Brody Lee. I thought the video package was outstanding. I like to mention, I like the reference, to, like the light. Remember, like in his old uh, WWE promos where there was that light, and he just kept staring at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked he looked goes, like a million bucks. What was that? He looked like a million bucks. Yeah, I liked him also in the promo saying, Mr. Daniels, I will assure you, you are not the first out-of-touch old man to not believe in me. Yeah. Ooh. Ouch. Boom. I wonder Shots who fired. the other one is. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, that I'm, led, uh, I'm I thought, absolutely I thought pumped. Cordy Lee was going to hit the uh, Sister Abigail. Oh, I didn't think that, but... I saw that. I'm like, he's about to hit Sister Abigail, then he hits, he hits the huge lariat. Uh, yeah, I, what's your take on the setup of the Sister Abigail? Love it. I, I liked it. I, I, I was a fan. But the what did, what Dark did he Order, hit? we are one. What did he hit? He hit uh, the Lariat. He's yeah, the Lariat. lariat. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but I've, I'm, yeah, I'm so happy that the Exalted One is Brody Lee. I've been hoping that. And... There's a lot of people online oh, saying God. something like, Oh, guess what? He, he's been in a stable for five years. Why don't you just debut him on his, on his own? Yeah. Which, yes, I uh, I think it's, it's... You can have the Dark Order run roughshod all 100%, over... 100%, yeah. All over. You have them get involved next week, turn blood and guts, and then sets yeah. up this huge, a, a brand new huge feud, which would be awesome. Yeah, Brody, I mean, there's no, there's, there's no reason why people... I mean, he's the lead of this fashion. I mean, this is awesome. This is a great spot for him. They and, have, he, and that's, a, that, and that's a, a stable with so much talent. With yeah. He's, the super smash brothers. I will always call them the super smash brothers and John silver and Alex Reynolds that we know have been so talented. Go back in the archives and listen to our interviews with John silver and Alex Reynolds. Yeah. And, he, and he's going to, they're all going to shine in this spot. Oh, for sure. Up for next, sure. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed Lance Archer and Jake Roberts and Jake warned Cody that he told them what he wants, what they want, and Cody ignored it. And Jake is promising that they will get their attention, so maybe they'll be involved in Blood and Guts. Was this the part where they showed the clip, or no? Right after this, they showed a 
video package of Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake Roberts, by the way, I believe sitting in a rocking chair a la uh, Bray Wyatt-esque. He's also very old. What? Jake the Snake Roberts is very old. Oh, yes, yeah. but, uh, well, yeah, well, he might have not even been in a rocker. It just reminded me of that. But this video package, it was like a backwoods place. A ring was set up, kind of like an old uh, an old carnival, but, like, the fans were actually the carnies. It's kind of like a little EBW-ish. I don't think EBW. so. EBW? Yeah, the backyard uh, ring. Yeah. The one that I was in? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I, I don't think it's anything like that. <laughs> but Archer and Zach Ryder, we had the best feud going into 2003. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I had that casket until last year. <laughs> Lance Archer ends up taking all the carny looking people out, and it reminded me a lot of a Matt Hardy video. It like a lot like of like the Wyatt family, not Wyatt family compound, the Matt Hardy, the the broken. Yeah, videos I can, I can from see. Impact, from I guess kind of WWE. Yeah, I can see what you're saying with that because I actually thought, uh, like briefly, I was just like, is he at the compound right now? So I definitely see what you were what you're comparing it to. I, I liked it overall. I thought, oh, that, that was, I, dude, if cool. if AEW had uh, Dark Order, Luchasaurus, the Vance Archer stuff like that, longer videos like that, I'd be set. I'd be completely set, but the the main event of the evening saw the inner circle, Jake Hager, and I don't know what their ring tag team name is here. I keep forgetting that. I just always will say LAX. They picked Pride up and powerful. Pride and Powerful picks up a victory over the Nightmare Family. Uh the collective. Elite. The Elite. The Elite. That's right. Yep. Because it was Cody, yep. Matt Jackson, and Adam Page. And was this a lumberjack match? I don't think so. No. I think they just had too many people on the outside. Got to give yeah. shout-outs to, as much as I don't like him, Sam Rivera, for singing Jericho's theme music. Yes. Yeah, Jericho came out. Funny. Him and uh, I guess a few others of the heels were singing along to Judas, which I guess it's the hottest gimmick going in AEW, so you got to have it. Yeah, All it's great. It. Also, uh, uh, Jericho sitting on commentary I enjoyed, and he put on uh, – not put on. He, uh, he Yeah, he put over Cody's – Scoop Power Slam is one of the best in the business, which I 100% agree with. So I, I liked it. wasn't like a it wasn't straight full on heel Jericho. He was actually like putting over his opponents. Yeah. So that, I thought that, that was, was cool. I liked uh, Cody tossing Ortiz into MJF and MJF getting knocked over. Yeah, and MJF was out there the entire t- time just playing heel. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was fun. Um, now the inner circle has the upper has the advantage going into blood and guts whenever that is. Um, but the bigger story was afterwards because you know Matt Jacks Nick whatever his name is Matt the Jackson. other one that does I don't know it's like it's like uh, Nick, Nick is at home injured Lenny, quote unquote Lenny White Carl Black I believe he's <laughs> I believe he's having a kid or something I don't know also I, I like anyway. Jericho's promo afterwards him banning all the fans from all AEW shows until he says they're not banned anymore. But anyway, the Elite uh, reveals that they have a new member to their team. And a piano starts playing. And who appears on the balcony by himself? I think this would have been sick if, they, if like, we were allowed, they were allowed to have fans in there, seeing all the, the fans mark out around him. And that's Matt Hardy. Now First wearing all, a red streak in his hair. Which is, yes, yeah. from Free the Delete, the series. You can see why there's red in his hair and how it happens. 
And let, let's not forget Vanguard. Yeah, Vanguard 1. You hear, like, we have five members, you have four, and all of a sudden, and it's Vanguard 1, and I pop big time. Because after you see... Um, after you see Brody Lee revealed as the exalted one, you don't expect to see Matt Hardy showing up. I think Sal said it the best, and me, me, Sal, and Dave have a group chat going on that I fell asleep at like nine o'clock last night. Um, and what did Sal made the best Simpsons reference at all? He goes, he's like, they did it well when the exalted one was Harper. You'd think they'd be saving Hardy for down the road, then bam, second encore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he nailed it. Yeah, yeah, they nailed so, it. They did a good job with it. So next week we get Matt Hardy in action. Uh, well, I they're not or putting they yeah they're event. not they're not putting blood and guts as over as saying like they did say next week at all. So I don't know if we're actually going to get AEW. So I don't know what they said on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, I think that is next week. They they did say I think no. They, they said on the next episode. Next they said next episode. Uh, Kenny Omega said, we don't know if there's going to be a next week. We don't know when the next time we'll see you. I believe Jericho, he banned all fans. He doesn't know when the next time that'll be. And honestly, it's a weird time for stuff like this. They don't have the luxury of a performance center that WWE has. Mm -hmm. It's not like we could just, oh, let's just open up this building. Let's have all these people gather in one big spot. Bring it back to where it started. In the Young Bucks' backyard, somewhere in California, and have, have the shows there. I think uh, now that Matt Hardy is 100% signed with AEW, or at least, I mean, that's what we think he'd be 100% signed. All Delete signed, Wrestling. Love which, fantastic, shirt, yeah, fantastic shirt. That was, I think, the best of, like, the, what, eight shirts that were released yesterday for AEW. But now that he's with them, just script everything, film everything like a... Uh, um, what did they call it for for impact? The, the what was sure. all the broken stuff called? I forget. I forget. Film it like that, air it like that as actual episodes of impact. You could have like a, a just goes into another universe. And then all this gets scrapped or something or you could keep it all. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot that they could do with this and I think that this week AEW I was very impressed with. I thought that they delivered and AEW was a lot of fun. AEW was the wrestling show that people would have hoped Raw could have been. Um, Monday Night Raw was the much safer event. Agreed. So, so thank you, AEW, for putting on a great show in times yeah, like these. Yeah, 100%. And, and I'm happy. Yeah, Brody Lee, Matt Hardy, two of my favorite WWE superstars are now in Impact. Or not Impact, AEW. So... You want to talk about how Sammy Callahan hit Ken Shamrock with a uh, fireball this week on Impact? I did not see that. I don't oh, have anywhere awesome. to watch. I know we got he interrupted. Sling. We got Sling, oh, so yeah. we can watch Better Call Saul. So now Impact's on there, so I get to watch it on there. It's fantastic. Yeah, Very but cool. yeah. So all in all, with all this, uh, support your local independent wrestling if they're. Uh, I mean, if, I don't think they're putting on events, but go to ProWrestlingTees.com, purchase. T-shirts from all your favorite superstars, your favorite indie stars. Yeah, you can purchase our stars, uh, our shirts. I mean, yeah, go go buy everything on there, especially right now. But that's so. AEW, that's NXT. Uh, moving on to SmackDown for the second time ever, emanating from the WWE Performance Center. Michael Cole opens up the show 
Speaking about WrestleMania, they played a hype video for Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Michael Cole was joined by Mojo Rawley to bring out Gronk. Uh, Gronk came out dancing, looked like a, an ROH setup to me. <laughs> um, but I would love for somebody to supercut a video of uh, Gronkowski dancing with uh, Asuka somehow. That would be interesting. But they themselves were cut off. By the way, big push for Mojo now because his boy is <laughs> all oh, of a sudden yeah. like, oh my goodness. They put a pause on after he won the, uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and then Mojo's going to skyrocket to the top now. Yeah, but they were cut off by King Corbin who uh, who told them to get down on their knees and bow down. And uh, Corbin brought up his days in the NFL and basically told Gronk to fall in line or he'll end his party. To which Elias comes out, performs a song. Corbin uh, gets into Rob. Do we call him Rob? Do we call him Gronk? Probably just Gronk, right? Um, yeah, I'd go with Gronk. Gets into Gronk's face and he got mailboxed by him and uh, Mojo. And then Gronk went after... Uh, um, not Gronk. Uh, Corbin went after them, but Elias got into the ring and tossed him out. Yeah, should we not call him like Bobby? <sighs> oh, I mean, yeah, that is our, a possibility. Bobby Gronkowski. Um, Bobby yeah. Gronkowski. <laughs> right. I Wait, hold like, on. I got to do the. Got to park the car by the Harvard Yard. Bobby Gronkowski. <laughs> Gronkowski. <laughs> Gronkowski. I don't know. Yeah, I think we should call him maybe Bobby Gronk. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's weird because as the host of WrestleMania, I thought, um, I thought, well, with the exception of Kim Kardashian, who really didn't do anything, I thought mm-hmm. hosts of WrestleMania were able to make matches. I never thought that they were able to make matches. I thought well, that they just, like, appeared in backstage segments at times. Well, no, because The Rock... I mean, I don't know if The Rock made any matches, but uh, New Day certainly added to a match. Mm-hmm. The biggest moment of the last decade when the Hardy Boys returned to the company. That's that's very true. That was a huge moment. But Rob Gronkowski suggests, heavily suggests, to have King Corbin versus Elias at WrestleMania, which, like, of all the matches, that one that one threw me. Yeah, I I mean, I guess you have to... I, I don't know. Do we have to? I don't know. <laughs> no, I guess not. In I, in times like this, do we need filler matches? I don't know. Not really, not really. But no, but maybe sure. we, no, no, maybe we do, though, because they're, they're painting a picture. They're doing the roller coaster. We got to have some sort of ups. We got to have some sort of downs. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting with how they plan it, play it out anyways. I mean... I guess maybe you'll have – I don't know. They didn't make any announcements tonight, so. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, up next, the first match of the evening saw Daniel Bryan teaming up with Drew Gulak to take on and defeat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, which I I, popped – go on. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say I popped big time at them actually having Nakamura's uh, 3D graphic ceiling. Yeah. For the performance center. No, I thought that was cool. Sami Zayn sat on commentary for this. Yeah, I, I liked it from the entrance, and I, I thought that everything was really done well. 
Yeah, um, I was I was very entertained by this match, and I'm enjoying this team of Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Yeah, and I love the entire their entrance. Even um, not their entrance, but there's stuff going on on Twitter. Oh where, yeah, like Gulak is training <laughs> Daniel Bryan. He's like, "What about this? Like, how do I headlock this ball?" I like when like, Daniel Bryan said <laughs> the the ball popped out of his arm a few two times or whatever. Yeah, and like. Gulak is legit critiquing him like with the duck walks and stuff. He's like, no, you have to do it like this. And yeah. It's it's great. Uh, I love it. In this match, I don't know if you uh, took note on them, the uppercuts that Cesaro was hitting Gulak with, mm-hmm. I thought were absolutely brutal. Yeah, I, I feel like they all, I feel like, when I, I don't know, whenever somebody steps into the ring with Gulak or Daniel Bryan or... Cesaro, I feel like everybody steps it up just a notch when it comes to chops, uh, and just everything. Who it's was fun? Who was a tag team we can compare them to? Um, I was trying to think, and I like I kind of see like American maybe, Wolves, maybe, but maybe like uh, Worry Gulak and Drew Gulak, maybe that. I don't think so. But what about American <laughs> Wolves? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know about American Wolves. What have you even happened to American Wolves? Well, you know? one went to school, right? Yeah, well, and one's yeah. in one's an impact. Oh, I I didn't even know that. I believe Eddie <laughs> Edwards is still an impact, but after this yeah, they they show Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak stretching back uh in the the gym portion of the performance center. And yeah. Sami Zayn walked up yelling at them, saying Gulak's not really doing anything for him and he should be listening to Sami Zayn. And Daniel Bryan challenged him to put the title on the line at WrestleMania, which I thought was for a triple threat match. Um, wait, what do you mean? I thought Daniel Bryan challenged saying, like, well, if you think such like Gulak can't really teach me, then why don't you put the title on the line against me, him, and and you, or whatever? I thought it was going to be a triple threat. Oh. But then Michael Cole specified it later on, saying that if, if, well, which Sami Zayn said that if Gulak can defeat Nakamura next week, he'll accept, and uh, That would have been a good match. Yeah, I was like, I popped big time. I was like, oh, crap, like, Drew Gulak's about to get a WrestleMania match that's on the main card? Yeah. Um, I mean, at least he's going to be able to yeah, he'll ringside. be ringside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Michael Cole specified saying that if Drew Gulak defeats Nakamura next week, then uh, it'll be Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. And I, I think that this is going to be a really good match next week. I actually oh, like yeah. the fact that they did a lot of announcements for next week, too. It really, it keeps you, I, I know for a fact I'm going to be watching it next week. We have, uh, what, three matches next week announced? I, I believe so. I mean, they got the Alexa Bliss match, Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Yeah, which, um, uh, yeah, so after that we had Paige making her big return to SmackDown live <laughs> via Skype. Huge return. Um, and Bailey and, and Sasha Banks, like, instantly cut her off. But I did pop at the opening of this. Paige was like, Paige here. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, but Bailey asked Paige if she wanted to try to stop her and yeah. her reign, and then joked about how Paige can't. And then Paige said, "Because I work for Fox, I uh, I push to get to announce this match or whatever." So then she announces Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Dana Brooke versus Tamina versus Naomi versus 
Sasha Banks in a six-pack challenge match at WrestleMania for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. If it comes down to Bayley and Sasha Banks, I will mark the hell out. I really expected it to be uh, um, Paige. I thought that she was about to announce that she was going to be in the match as the last person. Well, she did say in the beginning of that that her career is actually over. So all those rumors with a Z are... I guess shut down as of now. Yeah, I mean we're still a little bit away from WrestleMania, so who knows who can get attacked backstage? Maybe she'll end up stepping up into a filler spot, but well, I, I, I doubt I, it. I mean, I, I feel like at this rate, save her return for something else. I think the the best bet here is to end the match with actually having Bailey versus Sasha Banks and have them go out there and kill it like they did that at uh, well multiple takeovers, but. Yeah, more I mean, specifically, I, I like, take over Brooklyn one. I mean, it seems like this is going to be potentially, if anything, it will lead towards a SummerSlam match, like Sasha versus Bailey. Well, uh, or a rematch of sorts, maybe if if Banks wins. I don't know. Yeah, but after no this, this spot, yeah. After this, they replayed John Cena versus Bray Wyatt from WrestleMania 30, which was said to be the beginning of the Fiend. I, I forgot how much I actually enjoyed that matchup, too. Um, it was actually a good match. Except it's funny because watching that, it's like you get the same feelings where as soon as the, the spot happens where you see Bray Wyatt put John Cena in Sister Abigail and he does the little uh, do-si-do gimmick and, and hits him with the right, – right as soon as he puts him in there and, and Cena gets out of it, it's like, oh, right. <laughs> One, two, three, John Cena – Powers out of it. I mean, I but I I did enjoy it. I did enjoy that match, and I I appreciated that spot, the dosi do spot. I appreciate like I like the fans too. Like the oh, the fan. I forgot how arms and everything. Yeah, yeah. I forgot how good that that crowd was that night with the entire singing of he's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah, we got an Um, appearance this week uh, from the exalted one that we discussed earlier. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Southern one was on uh, on SmackDown. As well as Justin Roberts. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, But, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I like that it, it played into the storyline. I get that the Royal Rumble did, but I still... To take... It was just like a small, like, smidgen of that match. It was... Ten, how many people? Ten people or whatever? No, not not ten people. It was like maybe thirteen people that until until McIntyre. Um, no, McIntyre was number yeah, sixteen. It, it it took a while for that to play in, but this I, I like that it played into the current storyline. I like that it, everything just comes together. And it's funny um, also watching that match. You see the Undertaker guy shot like yeah. looking in the crowd and like marking out whatever, but. He doesn't only, even know what's about to if happen. only he knew that next match would change his life forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was that moment. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> do you remember watching it at my house and uh, the network froze? Yeah. I. But during the Taker, like, this was the last match that I really watched, though. Because after that, I think I started to, like, drift away. I started to, like, walk over to, like, Zach or Jared. After... I, after John Cena, Bray Wyatt? I think so, because during the Taker-Brock, I wasn't really as glued to the TV, I think. No, but you were definitely there watching it for for that, 110%. I, 
I feel like at the end, I was just like, I don't know. And you definitely were there for the main event for Daniel Bryan winning the championship over Batista and Orton. Well, yeah, I was there, but I don't the, the I only was... the other the only other match after that was uh, it was it was the Cena Wyatt Lesnar Undertaker and then the Vicky Guerrero Invitational match for the Divas Championship. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like I was just a little bit too tired, though. I, I don't remember. Yeah, but <laughs> that, yeah, that Undertaker remember. match that, that was six years ago. Yeah. That right? Undertaker match took a lot out of people. I know that. Oh, yeah. But that's wild. Six years ago. Six years has already passed since that day. Yeah. I but mean, that's just wild. After that, we saw Kayla Braxton interviewing Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross about the Kabuki Warriors. And Alexa Bliss laid out that challenge to Asuka for a match on SmackDown next week. So we will probably be seeing Alexa Bliss versus... Um, Oscar. Yeah, we're definitely going to be seeing that match taking place. Um, and, and I liked it. She was just like, hey, I'm going to, instead of coming through the back door, come through the front door and it's on. Um, I, I think it's going to be fun. But who's, who knows what's going to happen? I guess it's going to lead into Bliss and Nikki versus Kabuki Warriors at Mania. I was going to assume we were going to see... Uh four teams in that match but now i guess maybe it seems like it'll just be the two of them i i mean with the under the circumstances that everything is right now i guess the less participants the better the better unless somehow it still ends up maybe it'll be just a triple threat since i don't know what's actually happening with nxt and and so no andre the giant memorial battle royal they i think that and the women's battle royal are not happening this year Oh, um, yeah, right? Unless they limit it to, like, 15 people. And just... A lot of the boys just going to jump. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to come over with the exalted one. No, no. I didn't mean jump to AEW. Oh. I meant jump on a trampoline. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why would you mean that? Because <laughs> you always stay ready. You just I just jump. Oh. Dennis Stamp. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. That's a spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Up next was the dirt sheet, which they spoke about not having WrestleMania opponents, and then pulled the crowd to see who they uh, who the crowd thinks they should be facing at WrestleMania. And I thought it was just gonna be like one of those cutaway shots, like they did with Stone Cold on Raw, where it's like, ha, that's that's actually kind of funny. I was expecting the same exact thing. But man, oh man, in true dirt sheet fashion, this was John Morrison and The Miz dressed like New Day. Uh, New Day fans, I should say. Followed by Uso fans, followed by uh, dressed up like Bacon for uh, Heavy Machinery. And then they started arguing with each other, which I thought was great. They were calling the Bacon Ham. Yeah, completely uh, a ripoff of Cooking with Brandon Episode 3, but I'll let that slide. (laughs) Which you I, can I find on youtube.com slash Mark Now Eleven. I love that they were like trying to pull full gimmick too. Like they were they were trying to act like the Usos, trying to like yeah, their I man. Thought was, I thought it was great. It, it was hilarious. It was really funny. Like you look at John Morrison portraying, I guess, Otis, and it was just really, really funny. It was Miz and Morrison at their finest. Yeah, and uh then they announced that they were gonna take the night off and got cut off by heavy machinery, which was already announced as a match. Uh, to which John Morrison and The Miz end up picking up the victory over Heavy Machinery via disqualification. Um, but so many things happened during this match. Like, uh, at one point, 
Tucker went to do like a hot tag to Otis, but Dolph Ziggler came out to join commentary. And Miz ends up knocking Otis off the, the apron. I thought for sure that was going to be like the end of the match. I did too. But it was, I mean, also Michael Cole saying that Mandy Rose is probably the hottest girl that Otis ever spoke spoken yeah. to. That's like, ouch. Yeah, I mean, Otis totally feeling the burn this entire match. Yeah, also they brought back the Time Splitter gimmick is what I'm going to be still calling it. Uh, Yeah, Time Splitters did make an appearance. It happened in a tag match. I've still got my fingers crossed that it's going to be the Time Splitters and maybe we'll see Miz and Morrison versus the Time Splitters at WrestleMania. I mean, it did happen last time during a Ziggler Mandy Rose backstage watching the draw. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, so who knows? And then Otis but, went for a double caterpillar spot. Ziggler stands up, called Otis's attention to the Titantron, I guess we'll call it, and uh, showed him pictures of of Ziggler and Mandy. And Otis went after Ziggler with a chair, got stopped by Miz and Morrison. Um, and then Otis just like snapped. went nuts. Yeah, he took out both of them by himself. Ziggler escaped, put them through the. The barricade. Yeah. Uh, and then Tucker tried to talk Otis down from using the chair, but he wouldn't stop. And that's what caused the disqualification. Although I don't know why it wasn't a double countout. I, I, I guess double countout would have worked too. <laughs> um, especially because like, hello, I mean, no, no. I think a disqualification works a lot better. It shows like he's yeah. broke. He's broken. He's snapped. Yeah, but, like, one of the things that I took away from this is that when this was taking place, like, right after, like, Tucker was trying to console him, get him to stop, get him to stop, and then when he finally stopped after he, like, threw the chair and stuff like that, Tucker gave him a hug, and you hear Otis crying. Yeah. Like, you hear Otis whimpering, and it's just like... Ticket! (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how it sounded like when... Oh, yeah! Ticket! You can't tell, but that's that's Otis crying. <laughs> that's how he cries. Yeah, it's like And then following that, we have the WrestleMania contract signing for the WWE Universal Championship. Goldberg, Roman Reigns. Earlier in the night, when Michael Cole announced that the Icon was going to be, he goes the WWE Hall of Famer, the Icon. And I was like, wait a minute, Sting's about to be on SmackDown? It is his birthday. Today is Sting's birthday? I believe so. Happy Today birthday, yesterday. Sting, if it is your birthday. Yeah, if not, come on the podcast in a dispute. Yeah, let me dispute that it's not my birthday on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Goldberg ends up saying that when he laid out the challenge to say to see who is next, he was hoping it would be Roman Reigns. Uh, and Reigns went through a list of legends who he all defeated, like Undertaker, John Cena, um, Triple H, etc. And Reigns told Goldberg he never earned the title. Yeah, and he was, and Goldberg was saying that he was actually surprised that Roman Reigns stepped up to the plate, but he was happy he did. Yeah. And then, but they showed him. They went all the way back to January where Roman Reigns put up a tweet <laughs> against uh, Goldberg. Like, was that a planted tweet? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that had to have been out there. He was just answering a fan. A fan randomly asked him, like, how do you protect your hand from hurting the, when you hit the mat for the Superman punch? Yeah. And he goes, well, I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> and it's, it's soft. It's not a steel door. 
And then well, I, I mean, think, listen, by the way, I think Goldberg then basically called Roman Reigns a steel door. Yeah, it was kind of weird because then he's like, I've I've done that to many doors and this and that. And then you can't help but go back to the time where Goldberg did it and gashed himself open and gave him a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those moments where you're like, eh, you, you haven't always beat the steel door. <laughs> but I, I, I thought that this was a good good thing. I mean, let's not forget about other people that hit the mat and it doesn't go too well, i.e. Randy Orton. What do you mean? Uh, he was doing his pump up like, oh wow, it must have been a while ago. But he was doing his pump up, you know, the banging the. Did he break his, his arm or something? No, he dislocated his shoulder. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was a while ago. He was doing his like Viper, getting ready for the RKO. Yeah. Where he bangs the mat, <laughs> and I, I believe he dislocated his shoulder once, and he was out with an injury for a while. So, oh. but yeah, so the contract signing. Uh, I guess it went as planned. You had to stare down. Um, I honestly, I with or without a crowd, I don't, I don't know how else that match, uh, not match, that segment would have gone. That's I, exactly how I think it would have went on television. I agree with with, uh, with a crowd. I agree with you. I I don't think that there was any uh, playing to the crowd during it, and I feel like if anything, I was a big fan of this entire thing. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said last week, SmackDown definitely had the better show. Or did I say that earlier in the show? <laughs> I think I said it earlier in the show that SmackDown had a much better show than, than Raw. Yeah, I mean, it may have been because of the Royal Rumble aspect. SmackDown last week, I should say, I said. And and this week, again, SmackDown, I think, has a, the better showing. I think it's, it's just, it's the wrestling aspect. There's more wrestling. Next week, we have... New Day versus the Usos announced, which I'm like on the fence with how many times we've seen that already. But they they kill it, and under circumstances like this, I'm sure they're going to kill it again. We exactly. have Alexa Bliss versus Asuka, and we have Drew Gulak versus Sami Zayn. So I'm pumped for SmackDown. SmackDown's becoming the A show again. Thank God. I I totally agree with you. I was going to say the same thing. It's the wrestling aspect when you turn on. Shows like this, you want to watch wrestling. And I actually didn't mind watching John Cena versus Bray Wyatt during this event either. Because it wasn't from 2020. Yeah, I guess because it wasn't 2020. It wasn't also, I don't think, it wasn't an hour-long match, right? It, no, it was like 20 minutes, 22 yeah, minutes. Yeah, like maybe a 20-minute a match, which... But with TV and commercials, it's probably like 40 or something like that. I, I, don't, I don't even think 35. so, but, but it was still fun. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if you heard at the end of this when they were doing all the uh, the quick camera cuts. Camera three, cut, or like, cut three, yeah. cut four, cut two, cut two, cut three, cut three. And nobody, yeah. nobody said hike. Gronk was there. Nobody said hike. I, I heard I heard background noise, but I couldn't really hear. Yeah, I what think that was the producer seen. yelling all the camera uh, I did. I did hear the countdown on, on uh, AEW. I didn't hear that. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard the countdown where they were like, five, four, three, two, and then... Which it, also, uh, um, news came out, we, by the way, we recorded this in a bunch of segments, kind of, but uh, news came out on Jericho's podcast, he had Matt Hardy on, they said that if that was, if his debut was taking place in the planned arena, that being Rochester, mm -hmm. they were not allowed to have Vanguard 1 there. Huh. So this, like, I don't know what Matt Hardy's entrance uh, or debut in AEW would have been without Vanguard 1, but uh, cards fell into the right place here, and 
Yeah, that was I a mean, fantastic the, the, entrance. Yeah, the Vanguard really uh, made that debut a lot more uh, special, but also, I mean, with Luke Harper or Brody Lee. I mean, I know Rochester would have been his hometown crowd, right, yeah. and it would have been huge. But I still think that they delivered with that. But, you know, that was AEW, and we're doing the SmackDown. Yeah, also, I couldn't remember earlier, Ultimate Deletion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, now I do. Well, I'm glad you had the time to look that one up. <laughs> I didn't look it, No, 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 I didn't look it up. I, I really didn't look it up. <laughs> but, yeah, but SmackDown overall, two thumbs up. Yeah, hey, uh, Brandon, got any shout-outs? This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. Well, I do. It's been a super weird week, though. Um, so I'm just going to give random wrestling shout-outs, starting with Three Count. Nice. Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, Evan Courageous, sometimes uh, Tank Abbott. Uh, I, I was thought... going to say, what about Tank Abbott? <laughs> I thought they were a great group in uh, WCW. I was a big fan of theirs. They had um, a bunch of good matches with uh, the, the Young Dragons and... What is the other team that I'm missing right now that I can't think of? Young Dragons uh, and Three Count. And then they broke down and they had... Oh, man, I can't remember the other team. I don't know. I just remember that that Three Count versus Young Dragons match. I'm not sure. Unless I'm thinking now uh, when Jamie Noble teamed with, I want to say, Evan Courageous? I can't help you. And they broke it down into three teams... But yeah, three count was awesome. I was a big fan of theirs. Still am. Next shout out goes to The Rock. Um, because even even with all the bugs, I'm still playing WWE 2K20. Mm-hmm. But in my career, the male lead character mentions how The Rock is president. <laughs> what? So I, I popped at that. Yeah. It's like a, it's it's weird because like the timelines don't really line up with anything. Because like at one point you're you're going back in time, to, like the whole thing is is focused around your, your Hall of Fame induction, you and and your best friend who's a, a chick, oh. and it's like a, a everything's like a flashback. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's like some some kind sometimes it's kind of weird, but and uh, but like it's all that's... the way in the future that it's like I I do enjoy the the my career now that I'm able to actually play it. <laughs> That, that's that's sad that the game itself didn't pan out because that sounds like a really cool career mode. Yeah, and it it, it gives it could have been a lot better, but uh, but yeah, for what it is, I'm enjoying it. But I pop that the Rock is the president. Yeah, <laughs> and, that uh, is cool. And then my last shout out goes to Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat, I, I still got that VHS. I just found out that it's on Netflix. I think it was added March first, and uh, honestly, if you have not seen this, I think everybody should watch it. It's such like a. It was a, the, the first. The first. It was really one of the first wrestling documentaries. No. Um, I don't know about that, but I, it, it's I, definitely I, like you don't, you never, especially in that time in the Attitude Era, you were not getting behind a closed door like that and it's a big peek behind the curtain of that well, attitude this era. was really the first time that you really were exposed to the business to that side before yeah. that you you knew without, a little bit without the uh the dude that 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 would do the the wrestling moves yeah now watch as he puts his arms up and he gets dragged along the ropes now now right there he's t- 
you see Roddy Piper talking to Hulk Hogan, telling him that <laughs> this and this. And if you listen carefully, you can hear them. I remember, I remember he, seeing that the first time. I'm like, wait, I don't get it. I'm confused. What is he talking to him? Like, it totally blew everything. But yeah, um, I, I think that beyond the mat, it's incredible. I mean, even the Rock versus the mankind. Ma- versus mankind, that entire match, and then you see the backstage aspect where you know mankind's Rock family. is a good friend of mine. He's not going to actually hurt me. And then, like, you see the motion of the children and everything. And then they're, like, bawling their eyes out, yeah. Yeah, it was just a really a different look. I it's mean, a well-done documentary. Dennis Stamp was in it, and that's, like, some of, the, some of the greatest parts come from Dennis Stamp, where it's like, <laughs> I'm not booked, Terry. I'm not going to be there, but I want you to be there. I'm not going to be there if I'm not in the main event. But I want you in the main event. I already have my, my schedules booked. <laughs> And then you see Terry Funk walking away, falling in a ditch. It's not a ditch. He, I don't know. Well, he, he doesn't like fall into a ditch, but he trips. Yeah. I mean, but it's it, it really is. I mean, then you see like Kevin Matthews is in it. What? And yeah, Kevin Matthews is in it. I'm pretty positive he's in the backstage uh, role. I think maybe if not, definitely Papadon. Definitely Papadon. Our truth. Wait, no, you're mixing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm mixing. I'm mixing. I'm mixing. <laughs> I am mixing the rest. It's a really good documentary that everybody should check out too. It's such a good. <laughs> it's such a good documentary that you you thought Randy the Ram Robinson was part of it. No, he, he he's a legend. I mean, oh my he god, really is. <laughs> they did that good of a job. Yeah, but those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Markout Moment of the Week! That is right, our Markout Moment of the Week. I still think that's hilarious that you thought. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, like, everything... I have to see Beyond the Mat now because I feel like isn't don't they cover the indies? Well, they do I have like, like Jake Roberts is I believe going through. I feel like there's scenes during towns. the in, like there's scenes where they show backstage of indie shows, and I'm trying to remember who they they there. had to have had independent wrestling. Yeah, there too. I'm trying to remember who was there that I like that I that stands out to me. But speaking I'm of all, speaking of Kevin Matthews though, they had the. Uh, the Wrestling Retribution Project is finally... It took coronavirus for him to upload footage, and uh, they're uploading the footage. Uh, it's not HD. I think Jeff Katz tweeted out saying that he wants to eventually upload the HD footage with the commentary, mm-hmm. but uh, due to the virus, they couldn't like edit it, so he's just putting out the raw footage finally. All right. So it's like you'll get, I think, Kevin Matthews. uh, I don't know if – I didn't actually see his match listed there. I I didn't like – I did like a quick look. I saw uh, Alex Reynolds, uh, Sammy Callahan, Muncie McGee. Joey Ryan. uh, Joey Ryan's there. uh, Carl Anderson. um, Cole Cabana probably. Yeah. You have a lot of these wrestlers. 
Yeah, so um, definitely check that out on YouTube. But I think collectively, uh, as far as all three of us go, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy showing up on AEW television probably a, a pretty big markout moment of the week. Yeah, I 100% agree with you with that one. Um, also, Kurt Angle posted a video of himself playing uh, guitar and singing Jimmy Crack Corn like he did during the invasion in 2001. Was gonna, he was even yeah. wearing a, his ring gear and a jersey top. Which yeah, was awesome. it was the same jersey top too. No, no, it was not. No, it was I mean not. it wasn't the same exact, but it was Wizards. No, in the in the actual, it wasn't Wizards. No, it was a uh, Kurt Angle jersey, I think. Was it? I would assume. I, I thought I, when I watched it back, I thought he had a Wizards jersey on. I'm pretty sure it was a Kurt Angle jersey. But but regardless, that's one. Forestlikes.com/slash marking out. Uh. It's hilarious. Go check it out. And then uh, also Elias released his own version of that too. <laughs> and uh, I guess also them them being WWE finally releasing the Snoop Dogg version of Sasha Banks' theme on iTunes. I've been waiting for weeks. There you go. So I'm there happy at that. Also, I guess I kind of chuckled, kind of popped at the WrestleMania t-shirt. I saw so many posts. A similar t-shirt as a joke, and then WWE actually took the ball and rolled with it and released a I Was Not There t-shirt for WrestleMania 36, which, like, technically I'm not there, so should I, do I have to buy that? Yeah, it's totally hilarious, um, that WrestleMania t-shirt. I, I think it's hilarious. It's They're totally capitalizing on this. Yeah. And I, I, I think, we, like we said it, before, but total props to Vince McMahon and WWE and, and AEW for still providing us with uh, sports entertainment this week. Also, Michael Cole, big time for calling most of SmackDown by himself and, and doing yeah. a bunch by himself on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, it makes you wonder who was actually backstage to do stuff if it was just Cole on commentary. Yeah. I would assume Triple H is at his house up in uh, Connecticut. Who knows? But that was Marking Out episode 476. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check us out. MarkingOut.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11 as well on Instagram. Um, what else? ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut at Marking out on Twitter at Chris Sweendog at Dave the Rave underscore MO at BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram because I'm a huge social influencer now. I'm flexing. <laughs> and we wish you the, the best of luck in your future endeavors. endeavors.